This is John for Chainsaw Buffet. This episode was recorded live at MTAC Odyssey. We'll be giving away an MTAC t-shirt signed by the guest we interviewed to one listener. Visit ChainsawBuffet.com forward slash MTAC for details on how to enter. And welcome back to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, still coming to you from MTAC Odyssey. And a big, big, big honor to be speaking with Sonny Strait. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing great, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, welcome back to MTAC. Thank you. Uh, enjoying yourself so far this weekend? Uh, having a blast. Uh, the fans are awesome here. Um, I'm also a, a comic book artist as well as a voice actor and mm-hmm. selling tons of comics to people. Well, good. Yeah. Um, so what have you been working on recently, both on the voice acting and the comic front? Um, let's see. Voice acting, we're doing the new Dragon Ball Z Kai series. Uh, so I get to reprise my role as Krillin, which is awesome because we now have like 10 years of experience behind us. You know, when we first started, we were pretty green. Mm-hmm. But now we know these characters inside and out. So it's going to be amazing. I've, already, I've seen the first uh, DVD the other day, and it's really tight. Um, of course, we're also doing the new uh, Full Metal Alchemist. It's like everything's being revisited this year. <laughs> uh, Soul Eater, I'm playing Ragnarok on. And um, another show that I can't announce yet. Uh, I'm working on several comic book projects. You know, just I actually have like chapter ones of like four different series. So I decided to put them in a book that'll come out next month uh, called Hang. And it's a book of cliffhangers. Very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's pretty much me right now in a nutshell. So uh, I won't waste any time jumping into this one. Uh, when they call you about every 20 minutes saying, hey, there's a new Dragon Ball Z video yeah. game coming out, or there's a new... Uh, and are, you, are you just like, damn it, not again? Or is it like, hey, cha-ching, baby? It, it's the latter. It's cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> <It's cha-ching. laughs> Actually, yeah, especially for the video games. They pay really well. But it's not just that. I mean, it's like... Because, you know, for the past couple of years, the only Dragon Ball Z we got to do were the video games, mm-hmm. you know. And to be able to go back and do those characters again and do them the way you wish you could have done them back then but just didn't quite have the skills, you know, developed is a, an awesome opportunity. So you think your current Krillin is... Is, is far better than anything that anyone's ever seen on any anime. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's superior to your original. Oh, far superior, yeah. Um, you, you know, I mean... There's it's it's a it's a weird kind of skill when you have to match mouth flaps, you know, because, you know, we have to do anime this way. Um, And after a while, you get it becomes second nature. Right. But, you know, the first couple of years, it wasn't second nature. It was, you know, struggling, trying to get it to sound right. And a lot of those reads sounded like what we call reads, like is somebody reading. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember the first time I was doing a scene with um, Krillin where he had the device that could shut off the androids, you know, and he's having this inner struggle. And so there was like pages of just uh, mental lines where it didn't have to match the mouth flaps. And that was also the first time I could actually act, you know, with him without having to worry about the mouth flaps. And then I was like, whoa, I'm really understanding this character. You know, he's he's a guy who really wants to be whipped. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and so when I knew that about him, it's like suddenly it took hold of me. And then I started really working harder at getting those mouth flaps and stuff. Now it's been 10 years and, you know, you don't even think about mouth flaps. So how did you first get into acting? 
I started when I was 14 years old. I, I took acting in high school mm-hmm. and became kind of a drama jock. And I was the kid who always won all the awards at that. And then I got a full tuition scholarship to uh, Texas Wesleyan for theater. And then I went to University of North Texas for theater. And then I started drawing comic books while I was in the middle of the lead in Henry the Fourth. And I just dropped out of college right after the play and just started drawing comic books for 10 years. And I gave up on acting for about 10 years. And then I started doing some local theater and Funimation came to town and had open auditions. And I thought, oh, this will be fun. I didn't expect to get a part, but I thought it'd be fun to audition, you know, to do cartoon voices and got the part of Krillin. And once I landed that, it was still kind of a part-time job for me. I still, you know, had my job as a commercial artist on the side and comic book artist. Um, because it wasn't paying the bills. It was just, you know, mad money. And then Cartoon Network had a nationwide audition for Toonami Tom. Mm-hmm. And when I got that role, I suddenly realized I had a career in this. Just sort of stumbled into it, really. So how did you get into doing the the comics and all that while you were in college? What was Well, I moved to a little town in Texas called Denton. And Denton is a little college town. It's kind of a, it's almost an artist colony. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of creative people there. And I went into my local comic book shop and there was this dude selling these mini comics that he drew called the Sex Gophers from Hell. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so punk rock and funny. And uh, I just like, oh man, I would like to do that. So, and I, and I could, it, it just was drawn like shit, you know? And I said, Hey, uh, would you be interested in somebody drawing a cover for you? Cause I really like your comic. And he goes, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. And so I drew the cover for him and gave it to him. And he said, uh, Oh dude, you just need to draw the comic. <laughs> so the two of us started drawing these comics. Now I had already been cast in a lead in this, this play like the summer before and I hadn't started the play yet. So the, during the summer, he and I produced like three of these mini comics and by the third one, I was hooked. And I was like, oh, my God, I love drawing comics, you know. So I did the play. And while I was doing the play, I was still drawing more of these sex gopher comics. And uh, after the play was over, I dropped out of college and just said, I'm going to focus on comic books. And by then, I was going to conventions and showing my work around and getting opinions of professionals and uh, and really on the way. And then within six months, I had, we had our first thing published. It was a, a short story called The Atomic Punk. And it was in a uh, comic called Mangazine, uh, published by Antarctic Press. So is there any way that we can go, for those of us that missed out, do you have a place where we can view some of your older comics online or anything? Oh, yeah. you can get uh, My current work is really easy to find. Uh, if you look up uh, We Shadows, uh, it was by Tokyo Pop. And uh, they still sell those online. You can get them cheaper on Amazon, I think, than you can get them anywhere else. I also did a, a two fifty-eight page stories for a series called Elf Quest that was published by Warp Graphics, and then it was eventually published by DC Comics. So you can find it there too. Uh, now my really older stuff, you can find like Mister Average was a book that he and I did, uh, same guy twenty years ago, and I'm doing right now an updated version of Mister Average for its twentieth anniversary, and I'm selling those out in the at the convention, uh, so you can get one down there if you want. So what, awesome. do you, what do you find more fulfilling, the art or the act, or, or the acting? You know, that's the question people ask me a lot, and I love acting, and I love the craft of acting, and I really respect it, and I, I, it just comes really easy for me. But drawing comics is hard for me, so I get more pride out of the comics. When a successful page happens, I get a lot of pride out of it. So I guess the comics are more fulfilling, but 
I mean, if it's art, I like to be a part of it. I even have a band. Really? Mm-hmm. What kind of band? It's a punk rock band. Nice. Uh, it's uh, we started out doing covers of this very obscure uh, punk band from the seventies and eighties called X, and uh, they had those great songs. But then they all got hooked on uh, heroin, and so they <laughs> dropped off the face of the map. And so we're like, okay. There's all these cool songs that nobody knows about. So we started doing these uh, covers of X. And one of the songs they do is called White Girl. And so the band's name is White Girl. And my wife and I front the band. Nice. Yeah. How long have you been married? Mm, Ten years now. Yeah, Long enough to groan before I answer. Yeah. Um, Mm, Ten years. My wife and I have been married for about four. And I'm like, wow, I've, I've made it. The, this long and and the two year hump is the hard one. Yeah. Once you get past two years, I think you're you're all downhill. Because <laughs> you know the first the first year is great, and then the second year you want to murder them, and then the third year it's like oh, okay. I think she I, still has a little bit of some of the murder hang up from you. <laughs> she still wants to kill you. Yeah, maybe maybe after maybe in year four we'll get past that. <laughs> maybe or maybe you'll be dead. You know, you know either like, way, <laughs> either way it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it might be over. The misery will be over one way or another. <laughs> uh, when was your first anime convention? What was that experience like? I think the first one was Comic Con. It wasn't even an anime convention. It was just a big multimedia con- mess. Have you ever been right. to Comic Con? Yeah. And I had been to Comic Con years before that trying to sell Mr. Average comics when I was putting them out. And <clears throat> it was such a different you know, change for me because. Before, I'm sitting there, you know, like a barker, you know, like, come on, get my comics, please come over, you know, just begging people, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm on Dragon Ball Z after the first year, and there's, like, lines for two hours, you know, and then even after that, we had to cut them off. And I was like, well, this is different than what I'm used to. And it was at that convention that the creator of the comic book series ElfQuest, uh, her name is Wendy Peeney, her booth was right next to our booth. And turned out she was a big fan of Dragon Ball Z, go figure. Well, I was a fan of ElfQuest since I was 14. So she decided she was going to draw pictures of our characters with her characters and give it to us as gifts. Mm-hmm. So I went to my room that night with uh, it was Chris Sabat, Sean Schimmel, and uh, Stephanie Nadalny. Uh, and I drew all of our main characters. And she let us sign in her booth area, too, because we didn't have room in ours. So I left these vain blank voice balloons so that they could write, you know, thanks and stuff like that. And then I drew her main character cutter on there and gave it to her as a gift. Mm-hmm. Well, she looked at it. She was like, I didn't know you could draw. And I said, yeah, I'd had about 12 books published at that point. And she says, do you want to work for me? And I'm like, is that a trick question? Of course I want to work for you. So I moved to Los Angeles. I worked in her studio. I was her apprentice for a year. I produced two 58 page stories for her. And I've said this in a lot of interviews, but it's true. I, I learned more in that year than I'd learned in 10 years by myself. It was an amazing experience. The, do the fans that are, the people that are, the, that are fans <clears throat> primarily of your art, are they different than the fans that are primarily the fans of your, of your, yeah, it's, it's, it's night and day, you know, and it's, really? it's, it's, I always find it weird too, like at a, at an anime convention when somebody will come up to me, like with an elf quest book, you know, I heard you were going to be here. And I want to get this sign, you know, cause they really stand out from the other anime people. They tend to be more subdued, you know, whereas anime people are more in your face. You're like, oh, man, I love that. You know, the ElfQuest people are very sweet and, you know, I like them all, though. And I, <laughs> and I, I just find it funny, though, that how there's very little crossover 
you know? Yeah. Even in, like, from American comics to, to manga, you know? Like, I do a manga-style book, and I also did this American-style book, ElfQuest. But the fans, it's like, they either are into this or this. They're not... You don't have well, a lot of crossover. No, and mm. you know, I'm surprised. Now, there's a lot of crossover when it comes to manga and anime. Yeah. You know, like, I get a lot of people who will buy my manga because they know me from my anime. But um, when it comes to American comics versus Japanese comics, there's not a lot of crossover. To me, it's all comics. I mm-hmm. love it. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. this is a different way because, you know, I devour comics. But I, I see it in comic book stores. Like, they'll either carry it or they're just completely against carrying it, you know? So, what, so when you're sitting and you've got a line, or do, you, do you ever play mm-hmm. a game of Krillin, ElfQuest, Krillin, <laughs> Krillin, Weirdo? Yeah. <laughs> weirdo, weirdo, weirdo. <laughs> Elf quest. Uh, no, I usually just, I'm, I'm like this the whole time. So I'm just like, and they get, they say, Hey, I like your book. And I went, huh? <laughs> Which one? Elf quest. Oh, hi. <laughs> so what's it like being associated with, you know, two different, very iconic, uh, sort of scenes there with, you know, the anime side with Krillin Hughes versus, you know, your artistic work with ElfQuest. Well, for me, it's a works. blast because, I mean, this is, it's like living high school again. Because in high school, I was in band and drama and choir, and I was the staff artist for the school newspaper, and I was on the creative writing staff. You know, it was like anything that involved the arts, I wanted to be part of it. And back then, you could do that. You can't do that now. My, my daughter, she's allowed to take one elective, you know. But uh, so now it's like I get to do this as, as a job, you know, all the things I like to do. But it, it's really weird at a convention, you know, cause a lot of times I have to, I have to keep explaining what I do to people because they'll see my artwork and they'll see Dragon Ball Z and they wait. So you draw Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> no, that was done in Japan years ago. And like, what, what do you mean? I mean, I do voice acting and I'm a comic book artist. It's, it's a lot harder for people to take <laughs> in because it's like, you no, know, you don't do both of those. You do one or the other, you well, know, not a lot of people that do. As far as I, I know. I, mean, I can't get rattle off the top of my head. I can't. Maybe Doug Smith. Doug um, does, yeah. But other than that, I'm not thinking of a lot of people who are both in. Doug's, Doug's main focus, I think, is in the art. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But he does do a lot of uh, voice acting because he was doing uh, work at ADV. And that's another way a lot of people get into the business. You know, they're working. Like, we've had engineers who become actors, engineers who become directors, and stuff like that, too. So. Now. Uh, Kind of going back a little bit to some voice acting uh, work, is there a big difference between, you know, voicing Krillin for, you know, Dragon Ball Kai versus, you know, doing Krillin for one of the video games as far as the approach goes and the work that goes into it? Or is it just, no, oh, here's a line, I'm going to read it. Yeah, you're right. There's a different approach because on the video games, generally they want us to sound almost exactly the way the Japanese did the line, you know. Hmm. Um, not so much with the tones, you know, cause like that Krillin's done by a woman. Right. But like, if she's going, ha! I gotta go, ha! you know, and match it, you know, and the intention of it. Um, so that's a different kind of way of working. Now with the regular show, we know the characters, you know, we just do it, you know, but we also have to, now we have two versions coming out, a, uh, a more of an adult version and a Y7 version. Mm-hmm. So we have to like do a lot of, we have to do at least two reads for any line that has any sort of uh, graphic language in it. Hmm. Now that was uh, the case somewhat with uh, the original Dragon Ball Z, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that then too. Yeah. Because they had Hercule and then Mr. Satan. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hercule. They even that kind of even like they didn't go to hell. They went to the home for infinite losers, and uh, so they had to change the lettering on these guys, these demon <laughs> shirt that said hell to. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's 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 a bit different. Um, and the games are very fast to do too, because like I said, you're hearing somebody else do it and you're just sort of mimicking them. It goes out pretty fast. When you're in the booth, how much of your personality gets reflected into your performances versus how much of that is just the director telling you to do it a certain way? Well, at this point, especially with Krillin, it's pretty much all me. Uh, although Chris Sabat, who's directing, um, the Dragon Ball Z, he knows these characters inside and out too. So he can actually give me a read because he knows that Krillin would say it that way. Um, but it is interesting when you don't you don't know where you end and where the character begins, because mm-hmm. you know Krillin laughs like, a <laughs> and sometimes when I'm laughing, it'll come out, <laughs> and I go, wait a minute, <laughs> did I always laugh that way, or did, did Krillin mess with me? You know, it's like where did this come from? You know. Do you ever go back and, and watch any of the shows or play any of the games that you're in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually online the other day looking at um, a YouTube of uh, the video games, you know. Because mm-hmm. I, I played Krillin in uh, Budokai 1, I think it was, right? So I wanted to see how they sounded. And I was watching Bardock, you know, fight and stuff like this. It's pretty trippy to see that, you know, somebody else controlling my character's <laughs> voice, you know, with their fighting moves. Outside of uh, your acting work and your comic work, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Well, actually, I'm in a band. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that being a, a, a father and husband takes up the rest of my time. <laughs> Luckily, there's some crossover there since my wife's in the band. What do you play in the band? Or do you? Just... I just sing in the band. Uh, I'm about to be in another band. I play keyboards. Uh, it's a band called Chins Mojo. Uh, my buddy Tom uh, does that one, chinsmojo.com. Hmm. And he's he's always puts uh, keyboards in his uh, music, but live he's having trouble keeping a keyboard player, you know. And so sometimes he'd have like a back a, a recording playing, but you can't do that live because, yeah. you know, live you sometimes want to change the rhythm, right, depending on how the crowd is. So I told him I would play keyboards in his band, so I'll probably start doing that next week. And what kind of band is that? Rock. <clears throat> Pretty standard rock. Cool. And it's all originals. It's my buddy Tom writes all these songs. Very cool. He's also in my comics. I have a webcomic called Car Bombs. If you go to carbombscomic.com, it's about these two 90-year-old men who start a rock band. Um, and their names are Sonny and Tom. So they named <laughs> after me. And I said, we're in our 40s now. I, it's, it's pretty easy for me to project in the future that in 90, we'll probably start another goth metal band or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's about. How do you balance your career with your personal life, with your family? Well, luckily, the comics I can do at home, you know, so I can spend a lot of time, you know, work. like when I was doing um, We Shadows, which is a 150-page graphic novel, you know, that was a lot of home time, though, you know, and the family was there the whole time. Uh, and voice acting doesn't take a lot of time. I mean, it usually doesn't take more than 20 hours a week, and that's when on a really good week. So... Yeah, I have a lot of. I, so I told my wife, it's, we, I feel like we're retired most of the time because you have a lot of downtime. So, would you, is there a major drawback to any of that, or is it all pretty much gravy for you? Well, it, there, there is a drawback, and the drawback is in the arts, 
is a very feast or famine industry. Yeah. You know, like I could be making tons of money one month and then nothing for three months, you know, and then make more money again. So it's up and down, up and down, up and down. And but at least now I'm starting to see the patterns of what months tend to be the leanest, you know, so I know when to save up because mm-hmm. it's going to be like after Christmas to like February is always really slow in recording. And I think that's because all the executives are going to take vacations, you know, and so they can't sign off on anything for us to record. But it took me like 10 years of this to figure this out. I'm like, why am I always hungry in January? (laughs) It's because there's nothing to do in January. So when the, I guess when the economy went to crap, what, 2007, Mm -hmm. did you just, you're like, oh crap. Or did things, did we did pretty good. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen any really any slowdown at Funimation on that. Uh, so we survived that, but you know, we suffered like everybody else because gas prices were $5 a gallon, you know? So it's all of a sudden you've got this giant bill that you didn't have before. And in in those lean months, it became really lean months, you know, but the work stayed pretty. Yeah. The work's been pretty much consistent for the past 10 years. That's good. What's your biggest (laughs) motivation for coming back to conventions all the time? Because it, it seems to me from my perspective that if you had to put up with hundreds of people, as bad or worse than me for, you know, several hours a day that I wouldn't want to come back. <laughs> no, actually, I like the people. It's, you know, because I came from a theater background, you know, and I like getting the applause and everything like that. And you can't get applause in a booth or at a drawing table. But if you come to a convention, you get applause all day, you know. So it's an ego stroke. But also it's <laughs> it's self-promotion, too. I mean, if you're if you're wanting to be relevant as an artist, you have to always get your name out there and you have to always be pushing it. And like a good gauge for me is to look at Google and see how my numbers are going. Like this year I'm doing a shitload of conventions, like at least one a month, sometimes two. And I watched it go from like 97,000 to 125,000 the past few months. Just, I was like, so it works. You got to go to conventions. You got to put yourself out there. I get a lot of uh, Google hits too, but it's for people looking for that uh, Baskin Robbins guy. <laughs> Luckily my name Sonny Strait is unique enough that I can actually gauge it. Like my buddy Tom Jordan, he's like, I was talking about Google things, and he's like, well, I can't Google my name because there's so many Tom Jordans out there. But he can Google his band name, Chins Mojo, because nobody has that, you know. Charlie, you got anything else? Uh, (laughs) All right. Pimp your stuff. One one last time for everybody. Okay. If you want to find it, I'm on uh, DeviantArt. Uh, Sunyan is my name on that one. I'm also on Facebook as Sunny Straight. And you can also go to carbombscomic.com or sunnystraight.biz. And you can also go to White Girl uh, is also on Facebook. And that's my band, White Girl. And you can also go to myspace.com forward slash white girl fun. <laughs> wow, white girl fun. And go to chinsmojo.com. There's people Googling white girl fun, not getting that first thing, I'm pretty sure. Hey, here's, a, here's a pro tip Google white girl fun and turn off your safe filter and go to Google image search. Go myspace.com forward slash white girl fun. If you just put in white girl fun, you'll have a good time, but it won't be. Like, won't be what but but Sonny's not getting any money. Exactly. Neither are we. Oh, good God. Well, thank you guys so much. Well, thank you for thank you so much. We appreciate it.